0: Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Oh, oh yeah, and we're Welcome. here to kill chaos. Yes. Oh, oh, right. Wait. 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 Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> yeah, wrong. Wrong wait, title. Wrong, wrong game. title. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's take it back. Let's <laughs> take it back. This is gonna date this
1: episode a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> <little> bit, hey. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, listen. Final Fantasy VII Intermission has come out. We're here to give you our first thoughts and impressions. But before we do that, we got to thank the lovely people who make it all possible. Those lovely people being the Mosey Gang. Oh, Mosey, baby. Yeah, baby. Big shout out to Scott, Kyle, AJ, Danny, Kevin, Jillian, Brianne, Matt, Sam, Charlotte, Cameron, Garrett, Dan, M, and Ryan. Thank you all very much. And if it's... If it's your first time here, you might be asking, who is the Mosek Gang? What do they do? Well, they're the kind, (laughs) generous souls who choose to give us as little as one gill a month. And if they they do, they get into our Discord. We have some game nights. We talk FF7. Whole shebang. If that's to your liking, Mm. there's a link in the episode description. Means galore. Oh, yeah. But just be sure to know. That we really just appreciate you being here. All Mm -hmm. we could ever ask is for your ear. And with all of that out of the way, Mm -hmm. Chris, would you would you like to start? Uh, Yeah,
1: Um, just just a preface like this is going to just be our general impressions, right? Are we are we not touching spoilers yet?
0: Um, I we... think we can safely touch spoilers. okay yeah uh, so, so that, it's a good idea to let people know. I'll that, be I warned.
1: you know I'm assuming that even you know the unfortunate people who could not find a PS5 probably have watched the DLC at this point. Um, so but if in case you haven't, just just know that we're gonna be there will be spoilers in this episode and all the other episodes obviously that we talk about intermission. but with that out of the way, um, I think intermission was pretty damn good. Unsurprisingly, <laughs> um, I think Yuffie, the everything that we, they did with Yuffie, was spot on, and I think was all, all in service of improving her character. Which, you know, I had been I've been reminded lately that people did not like Yuffie for the longest time, and I just kind of, I kind of, I guess I must have just blocked the hate out of my mind. <laughs> Because I just, I was like, "Ah, I I personally didn't have any sort of like, I didn't feel one way or another about Yuffie. I was like, you know, she, I I, I never really care about like thief characters in RPGs. That's just, that's just me personally. I don't really, you know, that's not my particular uh, taste per se. But um, all the characterization and stuff for Yuffie in this game is great. Sonon was great for uh, being a new character all the returning characters that we saw, which was, there was a surprising amount of returning characters in this, even though it was mainly because of Fort Condor, which I am happy to report is really fucking addicting. And I'm sorry,
0: Fort Condor's <laughs> worth 20 bucks. Say what you will. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've had Square, so much if fun. anyone
1: from Square listens to this, you know, <laughs> let's, maybe let's not make the, the, the remakes, uh, the pixel remakes of the first six Final Fantasy games. Put out a mobile game that is just Fort Condor,
0: and you could just play it forever with and your I'll friends. Buy it. That's yeah. my only complaint about Fort Condor is they didn't PvP. create some sort of online multiplayer. And you know version. what's funny that Fort Condor it
1: reminds me of uh, what was that other mobile game Clash of Clans? Oh my god! From like a couple of years ago, you remember that game? It's kind of, and it had the I same. Do. You know, it's the same kind of like Moba esque sort of like you have two towers and you have. Enemy, uh, you know, uh, your units kind of move forward and attack automatically. Yep. And uh, that's was that was the first thing that came to mind. I'm like, why didn't they make this a mobile game? <laughs> it's is a thought that I feel like i never would have about any other game in existence. But I'm like, I would buy that. I would buy that. I have, I have never I haven't bought a mobile game in like ten years. But <laughs> that one I would gladly spend at least at least fifteen dollars on. I could go higher. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I think um you know, going into this uh, DLC not really knowing what to expect, uh I was pleasantly surprised with the amount of stuff that we got. Um yeah, I th- yeah, I think every everything was just kind of good. I I don't really have much bad to say about it except uh some stuff that happens at the ending that kind of <laughs> You know, because we were kind of hoping that there was going to be a little bit more stuff to chew on in terms of, like, where the remake is going to go in the future. And there was, like, none of that. (laughs) So that's the only part, to me, that kind of fell flat a little bit. But that's literally at the very end of the DLC. But it's also, it's kind of one of those things where it was like, you know, there was that, you know, you get that nice little dollop of ice cream of like, oh, we get to see you know cloud and aerith and all the the rest of the gang you know as they're making their journey over to calm which i wasn't expecting i honestly was not expecting to see any of that kind of stuff which was the first thing that came to my head because i i think i don't know if i brought it up on the show before but i remember talking to you personally at one t- at one point of being like wouldn't it be funny if at the end of this dlc they gave us a trailer for part 2 and like when that when those cutscenes started playing i was like wait are they going to do that <laughs>
0: It's but essentially what we it's got It's more or less ways. what we got, yeah. It's more not, of a teaser, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: it's more of just like, a, hey, yeah, there's still stuff happening after this, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, and I loved every second of it. Uh, you know, like uh, Tifa showing Aerith how to hitchhike and Chocobo fucking Bill <laughs> showing up.
0: You gotta enjoy the little things. Which
1: I was like, oh man, that means
0: the Chocobo Ranch is gonna exist, which is great. <laughs> I'm all about it. I'm all for Uh, it. I'm all for it. I mean, uh, I mean, did did you have anything else you wanted to say before I kind of gave my no, no? If you if you
1: have a more detailed thing, uh, more detailed things to say than just oh, it's great. Uh, Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll say this. You know, you brought up earlier that you know Yuffie is one of those characters who you know I've been hit or miss. Divisive. a little divisive. Not yeah, exactly. Not in a make or break way. You know, there are plenty of people like Yuffie didn't ruin ff7 for anybody no you know no. what i'm saying i mean but for for her being an optional character you know ex- exactly but as somebody who i've always really liked yuffie but i will be the first to admit that outside of og none of the compilation does her that much justice like advent children she really is mm. annoying dirge Dir- is, is like dirge the is best better. she's ever been in, honestly dirge is better and, and she has Corps some really good bit. moments but for the most part she just seems like a real non-factor yeah, Um. you know, kind of just playing second fiddle to Vincent, rightfully yeah. so. It was his game, but I would have liked it if Yuffie had some more moments in that game. Like when she yells mm-hmm. at Shelk for being essentially heartless. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm I am the thing that made me really happy was like because there was that scene at the end of Dirge when Vincent and Nero fight each other and she interrupts them and has her whole like big uh, <laughs> her big promo speech that she has like, ah, evildoers you know stop what you're doing and because i'm the single white rose of wu tai which she says again which i was over the moon Absolutely. Um, and that whole scene where she is doing and like that really overly produced cutscene that she has where she you know is like ah who who am i oh well let me tell you i am you know and she goes on her whole rant and i thought that was um that was great
0: that was yeah. awesome <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's the thing, is they've been consistent, with the exception of Advent Children, they've been pretty consistent with who Yuffie is. She's a dork. She's a massive dork. A total dork. And that's what we love about her. But again, as somebody who has always liked this character, um, this was her at her absolute best. I came away from this saying to myself, I could have played as Yuffie for 30 hours. They made Yuffie such a fun and compelling character that I was ready for her to have her own game. So you know whatever happens at the end of this series, if we want to start giving some of these characters a spin-off game, all I'm saying is between more power her per- to him. exactly and between her personality and how she handles in combat, which we'll get into mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they absolutely nailed it. I came away from this like hey, I think Yuffie's gonna have to be in my party when part two rolls around. Mm-hmm. Um, they did so much. I care more about the character than I ever did. Uh, everything they did with Her working with the underground avalanche and Sonon and everything that transpired, it's so awesome, and I cannot wait. And it's good to see because it's good to see that you know. And again, we're going into spoilers here. After dealing with some tragedy at the end of her DLC, Mm -hmm. you see, she's still the upbeat Peppy Yuffie we've always known, but she's
1: been humbled, so she's because the whole throughout all this DLC, she's very cocky, she's very like. You know, I'm this, you know, badass from Mutai, and Shinra sucks. And she literally never wastes a chance to talk shit on Shinra. And I like that there are those moments where she's talking to, like, the members of Avalanche and the other people. Even Sonon, who has been in Midgar for a couple of days before she gets there. And it's seeing, like, oh, like, you like it here? Like, and even, I think the line to me that really said it was that, um, I think it was Nio, uh, one of the Avalanche members, that said, you know... Midgar and Shinra are two separate things but yeah, people not the people problem. out people from Wutai and I guess from other places don't separate those two. They see that Midgar is just like everyone's just like pro Shinra or whatever, right? So I I think that was like a nice little it was kind of, you know, like well, you know, like, it's
0: one of the main themes of the whole remake, dude. You right. see this sort of sentiment shared by Cloud when it comes to all the Shinra grunts. You see this sentiment shared by Tifa when they're on the train and she's talking even, to the middle manager. Hey, like, even, I don't want anyone us- to die. Like, get out of here. You're not the enemy. It's your it's your upper management right, that is right. a quote-unquote, you know?
1: Yeah, and I, honestly, I fully expect that Shinra middle manager to turn over to Avalanche at some point. Like he's going to, uh, even though I feel like in the, in remake, he was very much, I mean, he had that scene where he's, you know, Although reciting the Shinra sure. Creed and everything, but.
0: I, I'm not sure Avalanche is, and we'll get into this when we break down this DLC a little bit more. Uh, I'm <laughs> not Avalanche sure. Avalanche is not recruiting these days. Well, not, not that they are not recruiting, but I'm not convinced that Avalanche, I, I've, a, I just feel like they're being a little disingenuous and that there's a reason that the people who yeah. are serious about the cause became a splinter cell.
1: Yeah, a policy dispute, as they called it in, in the
0: Yeah, exactly, as they called Which, it.
1: Which, I mean, because it's weird because, like, the other members of Avalanche that we see, um, Nayo, Billy, Billy Bob, Bob, and Polk, right, was the other yep. guy. Um, they seem like stand-up people. They don't seem, like, stuck-up or anything like that, so it makes me wonder, like, what... What actually happened and that, that kind of stuff, I can't wait to learn more about in the future. Oh, yeah! But oh, uh, yeah. I, I think for me, just just real quick, I think one of the best parts of this DLC was the dynamic between Yuffie and Sonon. Because I think the idea of Yuffie being like this, you know, boisterous, you know, youthful, energetic person to Sonon, who's a, a little bit older than her, and he's playing like the straight man. Uh, is such a great dynamic. I love those sorts of dynamics when they're done very well, and I think that was perfect. Like the like even like at at the end of a fight, and you know Yuffie's like, hmm, "What's one word to describe me?" Oh, amazing! And then Sona goes, "I was gonna say modest," and it's just like <laughs> he, like he's, you know, he's not like a stick in the mud kind of character. Even like Yuffie kind of sees him that way, but he very much kind of plays along with he's- her
0: theatrics
1: yes. and her and her and her drama and that she has well, to he, make everything she reminds
0: sorta... him it's clear that she reminds him of his little sister right and that's and a big part of their that dynamic. is
1: that is very much i feel like a very deliberate um you know because i was seeing i was watching people uh play the dlc and they're like oh you know Melfi kind of looks like yuffie and i'm like yeah that's probably um that's the by point. design that's the point <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and i think sonon man sonon is, uh, I, I I didn't know, because since he's a new character, I really had no expectations for him, but uh, he somehow exceeded those expectations.
0: He won um, me over. He won me over. Yeah. I felt like he could have been, I feel like he could have gotten a little bit more development. Um, yeah. But yeah. at the end of the day, there was such limited time to work with, but the little we did get to see of him... He won me over, uh, um, you know, without giving anything too much away. I don't think we've seen the last of him. When we see him again, we may not like what state he's in, Mm. but I don't think we've seen the last of him.
1: Yeah, we will be seeing more of Sonon for sure in the future.
0: Yeah, Um, and I think one of the things I loved so much about the dynamic between the two of them was pretty simply that, how do I put it? Like, they created a little – they created a dynamic – where Yuffie was essentially living her dream. And that's what kind of like really buys into her tragedy Mm -hmm. that happens at the end of the DLC is she's Living the dream. She's teaming up with Avalanche. She's being a real you know, ninja fighting against and Shinra. And she's got and... listen. She's got this super muscular, deep, riched voice. Dude, calling her boss the whole <laughs> yeah, time. Boss, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like she is. This is everything Yuffie wanted when yeah. she left Wu Tai, mm-hmm. and that's why it hurts so much to see it taken away from her.
1: Yeah. Now that's. I feel like that's definitely like we're seeing Yuffie. Like this is her probably her first time leaving wu-tai in all of her life and like this is like her her pilgrimage right and it's mm-hmm. everything that she's been dreaming of and you know because you can kind of tell because like yeah she is kind of you know when she gets there she's like oh fuck shinra fuck this you know it's kind of like she has like those ingrained sort of uh emotions and feelings in her head and you kind of see them unravel a little bit as she spends. i mean i think that the the thing that really to me uh, said a lot about it was when Scarlet told her, Hey, yeah, we're going to drop the plate. And she's like, yeah. And <laughs> cause it's like, she didn't know she, I, she didn't know what that meant. Like yeah. that—that's how ignorant she was. But she she goes around acting like she knew everything. And I feel like well,
0: that's why she, I love. She calls them high D's. Yeah, high D's. <laughs> just because, yeah. uh, and like they—they they do a good job. I'm glad you brought that up because they do a good job of painting her character that way. Like when oh. she's talking to Polk about Fort Condor, and when he mm-hmm. first brings up, she's like Fort Condor? Condor, and he's like, "Yeah, I wouldn't expect you to know it, seeing as you're a newbie here." And then she snaps into, "She's no, like, oh, I know well, Fort Condor. I, I know, know it better it. than you."
1: <laughs> yeah yeah she's very she's got that like i don't want to say inferiority complex but like some
0: no 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 you'd be on the money to call it an yeah inferiority yeah complex. okay
1: i was like i didn't want to be like ah that doesn't sound right but yeah i guess i guess that pretty much is like she has like that really like that <sighs> she has that sort of confidence that you have from like you know let's let's say like you're you're you know you're a a teenager's
0: you know, fragile confidence. You're, you're a
1: te- you're a teenager who, you know, has lived in their hometown the whole life and you think you know everything. And your royalty.
0: Hold and on. Like, and yeah. your royalty.
1: And your royalty. And then you move away f- to college and then you realize, oh, the world is actually way more bigger and I actually don't know anything about it at all. And if <laughs> I don't watch
0: my back, someone's going to get me.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's like thankfully, you know, she has sewn on and, you know, at least like the other Avalanche members and stuff were, you know, helpful to her and were <laughs> definitely more than accommodating uh, for her wacky antics, which I I still I think that the fact that she is like that a uh, massive dork and you know has that that charm that that young that young charm about her um, it it completely carries that character above and beyond. And can I tell you what she could have before? I, but
0: and can I tell you what I love so much that allows a. 29 year old man to identify with a 16 year old anime chick like as weird as that sounds as weird as that sounds she's a klutzy ninja yeah she's literally
1: always falling down
0: and me me i am a computer programmer who's bad at math but you know what yuffie and i still find a way to get the job done Yeah, and I... (laughs) So there's just something about that, and I think that's why I've always had a soft spot for Yuffie. There's just something about that I identify with. It's like, oh my God, the thing you pursued probably wasn't really for you, but you went so hard at it that you can get it done.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I think she has that that, that youthful innocence. I feel like that, you know, especially us uh, getting older, I feel like, I mean, at least me personally, I feel like I lose touch with that side of me as as time goes on you know just because the the way of the world and things like Mm -hmm. that but yeah it is nice to have those kinds of characters so it's kind of like it it was kind
0: of i'm sorry to interrupt because how tiring is it when every character is a fucking prodigy
1: yeah and everyone yeah everyone's uh yeah everyone's like oh yeah i'm the best at everything and or you just take
0: control of them and they're the best at everything right yeah yeah
1: or yeah like a cloud or something yeah cloud just kind of has that same like oh yeah he's great at everything but you know there's probably there's there's definitely some other stuff back there's there some mako
0: and Genova juice in there
1: yeah but uh yeah i feel like just seeing like this different side of you know and honestly i can see yuffie could slot in so well with the
0: party now especially as she is can i can i make a prediction i'm glad you said that yes go ahead It's something I've brought up before, but after intermission, I am doubling down on this, and I will be very disappointed if my headcanon isn't confirmed. But they are setting up (laughs) Yuffie and Barrett for like this ultimate clash, and the overlap is unreal. Who are the two party members who sing the fanfare? Yuffie, and, Yuffie Barrett. and
1: Barrett, which I, I, for me, I don't know about you, but I got that fanfare from her after the first
0: fight. And I was like, yes, yes. This couldn't be any more perfect. And then you have the overlap of Wu-Tai and Avalanche. Yuffie loves the idea of Wu-Tai and Avalanche collaborating. Barrett and despises Barrett does not. the idea. Yeah. And
1: they're the, and, and you know what? They are the two biggest goobers of the party.
0: They are the exactly.
1: They exactly. are like, I mean, that whole scene at the end when Barrett's, you know, saying all this, Taking you know, the fresh air. <laughs> all the fresh air and then, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's, it's funny because as you were saying that, I, cause I had the similar thought actually like kind of right before we started of like, I feel like they would get on pretty well, but there's also like, yeah, there's that like deep rooted, uh, no, hatred that they you're have. You're going
0: to watch a 16 year old girl and 30 year old man clash and it's, <laughs> it's going to be fun to watch, but it is not going to be they will.
1: I think they're they're going to ultimately bond over their uh their similar hatred for Shinra, I think. They're I, I, there's yes. they're, they're going to clash heads at first, but then I think maybe if she joins the party and we go to Corel and we see Barrett's backstory and learn more about him, that's going to be the moment when she warms up and's like, "Oh yeah, I guess I guess he's not so bad after all." Yeah, <laughs> that, you know that, what I mean?
0: Yeah, she learns, "Oh, he adopted his Best friend's daughter took her in. He's like, Oh my god, wait, this is actually yeah. an upstanding individual. Yeah. Um, another some more evidence of this overlap is so when we get those post credit scenes, we cut to Yuffie and she's riding the chocobo mm-hmm. and she's humming that chocobo. Which team. man, that juxtaposition of like, because
1: everyone's seen if, if, if you've seen the trailer for Intermission, the scene where she's looking over, you know, she's the destruction of Sector 7. And she's, you know, screaming into, you know, she's gone through a lot of shit now and is now on her face. And yeah, she's screaming up into the sky and then it cuts to black. And then we just hear "Hmm, hmm, 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 hmm." (laughs) and I'm like, wow, that is some man. That is some balls that they have (laughs) emotional whiplash to have like go from like this deep, dark moment to her humming the Chocobo theme and riding a Chocobo. And even her first line after that being like, ah, I'm not going to be able to do this on my own, you yep. know, and I'm like, yeah, I,
0: please, please find our friends. <laughs> go get a family, go, go, <laughs> go get a family, Yuffie, but I was just going to bring up, so that, those post-credit scenes start with Yuffie humming the Chocobo theme. And before we cut to Zach, it ends with Barrett singing the Chocobo theme yeah, yeah, in the back of the truck. And it's like they're singing the same songs. There's this yeah, ideological they, overlap. They, they need are, to learn similar lessons. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's they, coming.
1: That was one of the first, like, connections I had made. I was like, oh, they're going to be – they're going to hate each other at first, but they're going to be, like, best buds. At, like, not before long.
0: Well, they're going to learn how similar the two of them are.
1: Yeah, and you know? who knows? I mean, because I can see, because Barrett, you know, as much, uh, you know, a growth that he had over the course of Remake, I feel like he still has, you know, he still has a little ways to go, right? They both do. Every, 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 all these characters have, you know, a long way to go in terms of, like, turning into, like, you know, like having
0: their full arcs, right? Well, yeah, what they need to learn to do is cut themselves off From the, either the organizations or the governments that give them identity. Yeah, their entrenched mindset that they've had, you know. Exactly. And they're going to start feeling like a family among their party members. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like we talk about it all the time on this podcast. Barrett's arc is going to be awesome, but very simple. He's not fighting for Avalanche. He's fighting for Marlene. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't need to be part of something like Avalanche to make a difference. Right. You know, he just needs his family.
1: Yeah, and he still he still hasn't gotten there yet, but he will get there. I'm I am I'm calling it now that he will reach that point where he's like, "Yeah, you know what? Fuck avalanche. Fuck all this bullshit. I got my my kiddos here and this oh. dog mm-hmm. and this and this awful cat creature." <laughs> yeah. And uh, man, by the way, I kind of was expecting to see more kate sith in this we don't see him at all we do see a repeat of the scene with reeve and heidegger talking to president shinner about dropping the plate which i thought was that was kind of going to be their way of like oh hey remember reeve and how he's kate sith and you know that we saw kate Sith at the destruction of the plate
0: mm-hmm. but we
1: didn't actually like as far as the destruction of the plate we really only see a few seconds of it from Yuffie's perspective on, you know, outside of the Shinra uh, headquarters. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I was kind of expecting... I don't know. Uh, something, at least. Or like a little... I think... Like seeing Reeve in
0: the background or, or something, or I don't know. Well, like, here's the thing. I think, and I'm not saying this as a knock on the DLC. If anything, it's just a very good allocation of resources mm-hmm. i think what we just played through was essentially a tech demo for remake part two absolutely and they, pa- and they just packaged it as a eufy dlc
1: um boy, yeah. and just just to, just real quick just to talk about like the technical side of things because we both uh we both own ps5s at this point
0: yes actually before uh, before because that's i have a feeling that's going to eat up a lot of time because mm-hmm. i have a lot to say for that sure Could we talk about scarlet first yeah, um
1: I I because... was pleasantly surprised cuz I mean I had I mean we were some people in our discord were saying you know like they kind of had you know certain uh, uh, ideas of Scarlet as kind of she was more two dimensional. I guess in OG she kinda
0: was in OG, and let's be honest, in remake part one she kinda was too. Yeah, just like haha, I'm evil, haha. Ha, ha. You know, she kinda. was part of the mustache twirling villain tribe. Right, right, and you know we
1: do see. I mean, she still very much is that kind of character, but we do see a little bit more, um, a little bit more of her sort of like. You know, can I tell you what really did it for me? Sure.
0: She has such a passion for the tech and the mechs. Oh, yeah. Like, you you could tell uh, she really cares about it. I'm like, oh, Literally,
1: like, my favorite scene with her in this is when you defeat her in that mech. And she jumps out, and she's like, yeah, I knew this design wasn't going to work. It's not nearly fast enough. And I'm like, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) literally for, like, Yuffie to be like, "Uh, (laughs) we're over here. Like, stop analyzing your equipment and, you know, talk to us. You know, I thought that was really telling of her of her character, and I think that was a great great scene.
0: That and you it. get you get to see that like she she's she is a stone cold killer. Yeah, like when she you get into cares the... about doing
1: researching material and designing weaponry.
0: Not only that, man, like she is just cunning and cold and knows how to grind at your gears like that elevator scene she picked up right away yeah, who they right were she had no away. preconceived yep. notion of who they were i mean no to prior be fair knowledge she could just smell it on them and then immediately knew what to say to push yufi's buttons mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah and i mean to be fair like i thought it was always funny seeing uh the even the other party like inside of the Shinra headquarters and be like oh is everyone else in like you know very like a uh, business attire and then you have Barrett walking around and <laughs> you know all these yeah. other characters that look like you know RPG characters in this like in this weird juxtaposition between like realism and you know JRPG sort of attire but uh, yeah no I, I i think that elevator scene was actually really good and then you know we obviously through that scene we find out Sonon's a little bit more about Sonon's backstory about Melfi and and all that stuff, and I felt like that was just the pacing of this DLC was really good yep. for for something for for a DLC that you know for me I took my time the first time I I still haven't gone I have still haven't done a second playthrough yet but um overall even just doing all the Fort Condor stuff and doing some of the side stuff overall it took me about six seven hours ish which and and we were kind of talking before it's like the if you wanted to just critical path it you could get it done in like four hours conceivably four to five hours Mm -hmm. um which i think for something that that condensed i feel like the pacing of it was really good it was solid it was solid Um, there was never a moment where i was like
0: oh man all right hurry this up kind of thing you know what i mean Exactly, I felt I've anything I could feel the ending coming, and I just had those moments of like, no, don't leave, yeah, me. don't end, don't
1: literally. <laughs> and as the, when those those uh, those final cutscenes with the crew and stuff, I'm like, man, I just don't want this to end. I don't. I mean, it kept going more than I thought it was gonna be. Like having the you know, the hitchhiking scene and then the scene in the truck and then them walking yeah, to con. Yeah, Square's and... the
0: fucking master of foreplay, all right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they,
1: they... Consider my balls tickled, okay? <laughs> 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 That's... Nomura and, and Nojima and everyone else uh, have done a very good job of fondling.
0: <laughs> and Look, cra- all cradling. Care, all I care about, if we're just going to keep up the explicit theme here is just finish the job
1: yeah no yeah. i'm having loads do the, of do fun. me the common courtesy of giving me a reach around and <laughs> this is a family show this
0: is a family show
1: we're talking about pool. These uh, are you know
0: pool, these are pool metaphors it's and-
1: really funny because i often have like this uh anxiety that i feel like i'm too vulgar on this podcast <laughs> especially in comparison to you but i feel like i haven't heard any complaints so far yeah, no, we
0: haven't. Listen, we haven't. Uh, you know,
1: sorry our dist- our our distributors are...
0: haven't reached out to us, so I think we're okay. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, I'm gonna gonna tap myself on the shoulder. Hey, am, are you are you swearing too much? <laughs> like, no, nah, I think we're good. I think.
0: Uh, Yeah. Sorry, if if the there are any children
1: stuff? listening, I apologize. <laughs>
0: uh, the but children okay. uh,
1: you got you got to learn eventually, right? You're gonna you're gonna be saying this stuff. If you're on the internet. You're gonna be saying it anyway, eventually.
0: Hey, listen. I'm Might not as well the learn it from me. us. <laughs> Alright, do you want to talk about the technical stuff? Because I think that's important Because I will say, getting a handle on it I understand why this was a PS5 exclusive Mm. Because, look, you and I have licked the feet of Remake's combat So much on this (laughs) fucking podcast And we're just just gonna do it again Like, stop me unless you think differently But I feel like we're just gonna do it again Because if I'm being honest, fuck i didn't think they could make it better and like the but synergy they attacks sure they alone did.
1: and by the way like i don't know you know i i get the feeling that the synergy stuff may potentially just be for this dlc but what if they carried that forward
0: i have a feeling they will
1: where you could do team up attacks with and, and you could switch between anyone else in the party but you can hit l2 and do a, like a synergy attack with them
0: and I and think I think that's coming dude, because let, think about it from a developer perspective. Think about how long it takes to make a mechanic like that. Yeah. and it's just going to be in two chapters. Mm-hmm. No, we're going
1: to see yeah, that no, mechanic I think, revisited. Yeah, especially, and you know, what, I wouldn't mind necessarily because you know, like how at the end of remake, like when Red joined the party, like we couldn't control him directly. Correct. I could maybe if. I mean, I, I'm sure people are going to think one way about this, but maybe if they kept certain characters like that, you know, I don't know which ones you would do, but, you know, to make it to make it an overall more condensed and more kind of solid experience, I think, you know, and it would kind of solve the, like, we could have, like, it's theoretically, we could make it so we're fighting with everybody all the time. You know, we're talking about the idea of having two different parties. What if we just had like the four? You have like you know your four or three. Sorry, your three main protect or fighters that you can choose between, in in any given battle, but then you have your reserves that you can call in, for as strikers, kind of. You know what I mean? Like hey, red, come over here. You know, like I mean, you can still
0: so like all the synergy attacks would be like those like. Um, like, those, yeah, like they yeah. assist basically like,
1: yeah. So you can have like your, cl- your main, you could be like cloud Tifa and Aerith. Right. And then like, Hey, Barrett, come in and do like a little, you know, do, uh, you know, uh, one of your special moves or something. And then you can kind of like set things up off of that. You know huh. what I mean? Yeah, no, I,
0: I'm picking, That's an, I, down.
1: I literally just thought about this like on the spot right now. And I'm like, I'm actually kind of, that might actually be my preferred way of them going forward instead of having the dual party system. Yep. I feel like having everyone available, you know, I mean, you couldn't maybe, I don't know if they even brought it to the next step and you could swap people out mid-fight and do that kind of like FF10 sort of thing. I mean, I feel like that'd be maybe a little too chaotic because I don't know about you, but um, (laughs) when I first started playing the DLC, I was immediately uh, slapped in the face with, man, it's been a year since I've
0: played Remake and I needed to like relearn how... (laughs)
1: how like the basics
0: of the game worked you know yeah i'm such a sicko that like i literally just played through it again like three months ago so i still felt pretty good <laughs> yeah. so yeah i was just like i i definitely um
1: there were some parts in the very beginning where i was kind of getting my shit pushed in and i was like oh okay like oh yeah i gotta block more and but dude once you get that steadfast block materia oh yeah oh the oh.
0: Also the parry materia
1: yeah, yeah, the parry stuff. Yeah, I think uh, is the steadfast. The steadfast block is the one where you block if you block at the right time, you take no damage at all. Correct. Yeah, that was a game changer, and I'm like, yep. I don't think I use this materia in the standard uh, FF Seven uh, remake. And I'm like, I'm gonna be playing it through it again uh, shortly. And I'm like, I think I'm gonna be using that materia quite often because that like trivialized some fights in that <laughs> in this DLC for me. I was like, oh. Like, uh, you know, when you fight Nero at the end. I mean, he did, he was, that was Nero's, the Nero fight at the end was the toughest fight for me personally. Easily. And I got, I think I, it took me three or four attempts. Um, And it was literally one of those things where I was getting closer each time. But I think it was, yeah, the third time and he killed me. And I was just like, all right, you know what? I'm going to take a break for like half hour go do something else and then come back and then i beat him right away there you go <laughs> you know it's like one of those things where you're just like all right maybe because i had been you know the night the night that the dlc came out um i had played like maybe a little i started like as soon as i unlocked fort condor i was kind of doing all that stuff then mm-hmm. and then i went to sleep and then got back up and finished it later on on thursday um which by the way we did you stay up midnight
0: I stay, yeah, I stayed up, I downloaded it, uh, and I played okay, like an hour and a half.
1: There was a there was a funny problem, and, and, and if anyone listening to this, if you stayed up on midnight, and let me know if this similar issue happened to you. Um, but when I went to go, because there was like a thing on the the, the PlayStation Store where you oh, download the free PS5 upgrade of Intergrade, right? Mm-hmm. And then they had a, a separate little thing for the Intermission DLC. And when I clicked on it, it said the Chinese slash Korean version. And I was like, that's weird. And that was the only version that I saw there. I, and took I was the like,
0: plunge. I, I literally, plunge.
1: I literally almost, and like, I was going to buy it just without even thinking about it. But I'm like, I've never seen it say, I've never seen anything ever say that it was the Chinese and Korean version. And then literally I'm, thinking, I'm like, you know what? Just, just before I, you know, before I do anything here, uh, I just looked up real quick on Google or and Twitter just to see if anyone else, and it was like, yeah, literally hundreds of people or, or something of that nature uh, downloaded the Chinese slash Korean version and did not, and it was like, oh yeah, I can't play this because it's not in English. Or Japanese.
0: Wait, really? Because I downloaded the Chinese-Korean version and it was all in English. And it was fine? Okay, so yeah. maybe
1: it might have been a store glitch then or something and that's it what I totally thought it was. It was totally a store
0: glitch because, dude, I was in the state of mind where I was like, I stayed up for this. This has got to be a glitch.
1: <laughs> I'm downloading it now. Well, man, you, you have a lot more balls than I do because I was like, alright, let me wait and see because I'm thinking, because I thought there was going to be a bunch of issues because I'm, there, I'm thinking, oh, there's going to be a bunch of people waiting for this thing to happen, so there's probably going to be some... F- fuck up somewhere right and then eventually like I waited like another 20 minutes or so after midnight and then went back to check it and it was like oh just the regular version of it and then I bought it then but I just I wonder if there's anyone listening did you ask I mean I guess it doesn't matter because I guess that must have been a, a glitch or something but yeah I did there was a news story that I read that people were downloading the Chinese language version of it and I was like that's even weird on its own because I feel like most games just have that all incorporated into the yeah, no, I'm game, not sure. Here's I mean?
0: my pro- I'm not sure how that works because yeah. if anyone was saying they downloaded the Chinese Korean version and it was in Chinese or Korean, because. Like, there's no All way the that game. All the languages are in the game, right? There's no like, way that would be able to communicate with your FF7 file,
1: right? Like, so, like, I, I, I was—that's why I was very confused about the whole thing. So I was like, let me just wait and see, just in case.
0: See, that's why I took the plunge. I was like, no, 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 no. If this thing's <laughs> compatible with my remake, I'm gonna—you're
1: gonna get the ultimate immersive experience of playing it in Chinese. It's like Wu tais <laughs> at it again. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. By the way, uh, do you think Jijia is Wu Tayan? Let
0: me tell you something about
1: Zija.
0: <laughs> I get I get mixed vibes from Zija.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot vibes. of little subtle things that they do with him that make me think that he
0: might be, he might, he's a little, as the kids would say, a little sus. Little, honestly, dude, <laughs> I kind of feel that way just about Avalanche in general. There's parts of me that wonder, like, did they, were they set up?
1: Mm, because, I might be
0: reading too much into it because in my head I'm like, what was the goal here? Because the material they were looking for didn't even exist. Mm-hmm. But Nayo told her, told Yufi exactly where to go. Yeah, and it's, and I mean, with Zija in
1: particular, he was the only person, if you'll remember, that did not eat the the, the chow bean. Yep. When offered it, as I mean, that could mm. just be him seeing how everyone else like it's a super hard bean to to chew i guess mm-hmm. it's like a jawbreaker and was like ah, i don't want to deal with that but the other thing that kind of caught my attention was when he was being interrogated by the shinra troopers about like oh you know who do you, who'd you get your information from and he's like oh i think it was heidegger and obviously that is like him trolling but then he said oh right it was rufus and i was like wait a minute because the little bit that I know about before crisis, which we are going to cover after this, yep, 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 um, is that Rufus was feeding information to Avalanche.
0: Why do you think Avalanche made an attempt on President Shinra's life? Mm-hmm. Who, who gains from that?
1: Good old, good old Rufy.
0: Rufy. Goofy and Yuffie.
1: <laughs> oh, God, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, and, you know, when, as you're about to leave uh, to go to the Schindler headquarters, um, Yuffie says to Ziji, oh, make sure to tell the Splinter Cell about the plate falling. And he's like, yeah, don't worry. And then, as we know, in... In remake and in og also that they find that all that information from don corneo oh, but I'm no one this
0: mad they're they're all sus bro nobody
1: nobody else in sector seven knew about the plate falling they they had assumed like when we talked to marl and stuff you know she's like oh they're going to drop the plate aren't they because they're they're actively attacking the plate yeah at that time so there's i guess that just is a very short
0: leap of logic to be like oh they're going
1: to drop the plate.
0: Yeah, it's pretty self-evident um, at that point, right? Because
1: moral probably was around when they dropped the sector 5 plate originally. I'm yes. just going to I'm just assuming that, but um so I I wonder. I wonder if we'll probably maybe we'll see Gigi again and I you well, know I think I, we'll
0: see this whole avalanche sell again.
1: Oh yeah, I think all the all the characters that we saw here all the new characters that we saw will return in some form, unless they got killed in the plate collapse. But uh, the as, as we know from the end of remake, we maybe death may not matter as much as we think it does. Right. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm very curious to see because uh, Zija is is a weird character in a lot of ways because he's kind of you know he's kind of important to the to the story. At least into in, in Yuffie's part of this story, um, but he just yeah he kind of just disappears and everyone else kind of just like falls to the backside, uh, or the wayside I should say. But I think that's just a matter of like oh well this story's not about them kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I'm very I'm very curious and uh, and and we see also another thing that surprised me in this was um, how close Shinra and Deep Ground are. Um, Because it was just my interpretation, I guess, from Dirge and stuff like that, that Deep Ground kind of was just there, kind of doing their own... They just existed, you know, in the deep, dank basement of Shinra, Mm -hmm. and kind of was separate from the rest of the world. Um, But, you know, considering we got, like, little to no explanation about Deep Ground in Dirge of Cerberus, (laughs) I guess that leaves them kind of open to do whatever, but you know, uh, Scarlet is literally giving orders to Nero, you know, and, like, the, the the Deep Ground soldiers, like, you know, they all stand at attention when Scarlet comes by. You know, so it's like, I feel like, and especially from the little interaction that we get between Vice and Nero, it seems like they're just like, yeah, we're, you know, Vice is getting digitized, like, oh, yeah, these, these motherfuckers want to digitize me, and I'm just humoring them. So, I'm thinking that it's kind of a situation where Shinra thinks that they, I guess, have lord—they're lording over Deep Ground. And Deep Ground's just kind of laying in wait for their moment to do whatever it is that they're going to do. Yep. So, I just thought that was an interesting dynamic. That's something that I didn't really think of. You know, I thought that Deep Ground was literally just going to come out of nowhere and be a threat to both Shinra and, you know, everybody else. But they
0: seem to be under shinra's thumb for now at least and this but, is why i can't help but think that in some way the finale of dirge and the finale of og are now going to happen on top of each other like i right. still believe the party's going to split at some point mm-hmm. and you're going to see the more dirge end of the party take on deep ground while yeah. og deals so, with sephiroth
1: yeah yuffie vincent and kate sith probably okay you could not and sid and Sid, yeah, you could throw Sid in there. Yeah, he was there in that final battle. Yeah, and then every, you know, Barrett, uh, Cloud, Tifa, and well, I guess maybe p- te- technically maybe Aerith. I don't know. No, Red. Cause, I'm just uh, just gonna go out.
0: I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say yeah, my gut probably. tells me she's going down again. Probably. Uh, <laughs> if she doesn't, I'm all here for it. Just you know, yeah, Square Enix that's... finish.
1: Yes. You know what I've talked about
0: before? Just finish.
1: Just finish it. Yes. (laughs) Don't don't have us be in this weird Kingdom Hearts limbo forever. (laughs) Let's just let's go follow this thing through to the end.
0: Exactly. Give us a concrete ending. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with the ending of intermission, I mean they're uh, they are actively trolling us (laughs)
0: It's (laughs) at this point. It's beautiful it's beautiful you know we were talking in the pre-roll and i just want to before we get to like really deep into zach here because i figure that's probably the best way to close this out Mm -hmm. um, is talking about that ending
1: Our boy our beautiful boy i
0: had i had some moments i had some moments so let me say i loved i loved the ending i loved everything about it let me just be clear
1: and and just just real quick i think that we finally were able to see uh, Zach's voice actor whose name is slipping my mind right now Yo, um, actually yes. come through and I'm like I actually I he's amazing I wasn't sure about him in remake but I'm like oh, I feel like now I can I can definitely
0: buy into it you know no I was I you could go back and listen to this podcast I was a big critic of his voice acting but mm-hmm. he was in that short little scene he was perfect mm-hmm. so perfect like here here's an example right
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mosey Gang member Charlotte sitting there watching that scene with me and she's not fully deep into crisis core she knows about OG she's played mm-hmm. the remake but she sits there watching Zack the puppy and mm-hmm. goes like, oh my god he is a good boy yeah
1: he's the goodest of boys he's
0: just a good boy and
1: he's just like, he's all nervous like oh i'm going to see Aerith again and he's <laughs> practicing how he's going to you know say hi to her and like that's yeah it was it was it, that scene alone sold me on Zach and, and made his me, voice actor, yeah, and his voice tremendous. actor. I mean, I was already sold on Zach the character, but um, yeah, I think, and it was kind of the thing where I'm like, man, I really hope he is alive, and that well, we he do is, get to. Bro. He, in some form, he is alive. We don't know which. You're form gonna get yet, or your where reunion. It's all or, about
0: the reunion. Yeah.
1: Well, when we talk about when we talk because we're gonna go into more depth about like the actual the two chapters here. Uh, in subsequent episodes, but there is a heavy, heavy influence of our Sephiroth clones, which I was kind of blindsided by. Yep. Um, And I'm like, oh, they're really doubling down on this now. Okay, so this... Reunion. You know, obviously, obviously it was very important in Remake, but they're doubling down. Reunion. <laughs> <laughs> There's many that guy r six. <laughs> <laughs> on display here and I oh yeah literally like and I love that people are just like ah it's just Mako poisoning this is what happens Yeah, he's
0: just he's just one of those soldier junkies who didn't make the cut
1: yeah and they just they've, uh, they kind of get turned into like more motivation for Yuffie in like kind of a weird roundabout way she's like
0: oh Shinra they're doing
1: this to people ah fuck them mm-hmm. you know this is just another you know whatever <laughs> it's another knock against Shinra and I'm like yeah I mean Shinra's is definitely involved oh yeah but <laughs> they're definitely involved but yeah not she does she's not aware of the true nature i guess of, of these uh these guy R six not
0: yet anyway <laughs> but i just wanted to say in speaking of the ending i had a moment because before we got the zach ending we got these amazing amazing mm. five minutes of cutscenes, scenes give or take With the whole party and the whole crew. Just talking. Just just talking, shooting the shit. And it was so amazing, got me so hyped for part two and everything. Mm -hmm. And then the Zach scene came. And then I remember I spent probably an hour after that scene (laughs) trying to wrap my head around it, trying to conceptualize it, trying to get to it where I went, wait a minute. I just had a blast. Playing this DLC. Yeah,
1: and then we're right back into it. Right. <laughs> just yes, exactly. Right back into theorizing. Literally, because we're recording this on a Monday, and Intermission came out last Thursday, and that literally, my last couple days has literally just been going back and forth with all these Zach theories and trying to figure things out. And to a point where I almost kind of was like forgetting about the rest of Intermission, kind of like what we were saying. I think we were talking about it a little bit before uh, the pre show. Was that like, yeah, I was too I was getting a little too focused on the Zack stuff and being like,
0: Oh, but there's all this other stuff that's great that we got in this it, DLC, <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I remember I because the thing about the Zack thing is like when we finally figure out what the hell's going on with Zack, it's gonna put this remake in a frame. You know, there's there's, whether whether, whether it be good or bad. (laughs) Yeah, and whether we're talking about one timeline or two, is is that moment in the past? Is it in the present moment? We don't know, right? Mm, But when we finally figure out what's going on with him, it's going to really narrow the possibilities. But with that said, I I remember I I was sitting there thinking, because I have my own opinions. I have the stuff I'd rather see and the stuff I'd rather not see. But I just had that moment where I was like, I just played through this whole DLC. I love Yuffie's character more than ever. Uh, some of the characters I was worried about, like Nero and Vice, I absolutely thought they were great in this DLC. Yeah. Zonin, who's a brand new character, was really cool, and I'm attached to him after just two hours of building him up. You know, mm-hmm. playing everybody in Fort Condor. Hey, gave we, you got, a we got look th- into we got we got
1: more we got more of Roche.
0: Got more and of Roche. Exactly. I'm happy we about that. Got more of that. Roche, and I'm sitting here and I'm going. You know, time and time again, whether it's by way of remake or whether it's by way of this DLC or whether it's by way of that five-minute epilogue with the party. I'm like, they're doing nothing but just making me so happy and making all these moments amazing. I just went, let it go. Whatever's going on with Zach, Just (laughs) trust that they're going to do well because everything that they've done has been so cool and so much fun. And it's just like, I, I... we all got to be careful not to get wrapped up in our desired head cannons yeah. mm-hmm. and just let what sit back and watch it play out.
1: And it's it- easy; it's easy to get lost in all that stuff because yes. it happened. It happened to the both of us. And I mean, shit. I mean, you, everyone listening, they, you know how we were at the end of remake. <laughs> like we were like fucking frothing at the mouth. Like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and I had that literally had that same feeling again. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. This is just further confirmation that. Whatever is coming is gonna be at the very least entertaining. (laughs) You know, it's like it's everything else. Like, I feel like no matter how what direction the story goes in, I feel like at the end of it all, I'm still gonna have had a good time. You know, I'm having
0: I'm having more fun than I've ever had in the FF Seven universe. Right. So
1: you know, especially you know we're coming off the heels of Dirge of Cerberus, which was. In many respects, the lowest point. No of comparison. The FF7, there know? is
0: no comparison, dude.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Deep not. ground, even not in, in
0: the, the short window, deep ground was more fun in like the thirty minutes they were there. Yeah, than all of dirt. Just, just the idea
1: of like the way that they introduced them. Like, if you don't know who Deep Ground is, like, I love the way that they're like they're super mysterious, and you're yeah. like, who the fuck? Like, I mean, you can look at like Nero and Vice and be like, these guys are important somehow uh some you know in some form but i don't know but like if you know dirge like even then i like how they're kind of keeping them you know they've introduced them but i feel like cuz i thought that maybe this was going to be their chance to keep uh to have deep ground be more involved with the overall story i feel like deep ground is going to fall back into the background again
0: yes. at least for a
1: while and i think once once vincent comes back into the party then it's all for then us. they're going to start popping back up again and maybe we'll see little hints of them here and there but and I like I like the subtle introduction of them, and I mean it is kind of weird in the overall scheme of the DLC. Like they kind of just like oh here they are now, like kind of thing. But mm-hmm. you know it, it's there's precedent there, and like now Yuffie knows who they are and has experience with them and ha- has history with them now because Nero qu- quote unquote kills Sonon, which we as we said before I don't think Sonon's gone. Uh, It was very heavily implied that he's going to come back in some form, whether it be his actual self or as a puppet Mm -hmm. for old old Deep Ground. But then again, yeah, hey, we don't know Deep Ground's true motives here unless unless it's like how it is in Dirge, where they're just like, yeah, we want to just destroy the planet because fuck the planet. (laughs) 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 Which I... You know, even having gone through all of Durge's service, that's pretty much what my that's my idea of a Deep Grounds mission statement was like. Yeah, we want to kill the planet because fuck the planet. We've been fucked over by Shinra all this time and whatever. But you know, I don't want to go. I don't want to go too because we will we will revisit a lot of these things that we've talked about here in in
0: greater detail. And and I just want to I just want to add just in the mm. in the spirit of commending them for handling Deep Ground seemingly way better this time around so far, mm. is you and I, if, you, if any of you listen to our Dirge of Cerberus episodes, we detested that Hojo and Vice reveal. Mm. It was awful. But I will tell you this. They show you, instead of making it this big twist or this big moment, they, in a very, very, I don't want to say subtle, but in a very non grandeur manner, have already told you That the digitized vice is hojo. It's not some grand reveal. Yeah, it is. It it is
1: kind of it is subtle, and I like it. And 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 vice is like, oh, so these are well, you know, vice quote unquote is says, oh, so this is the benefits of being digitized.
0: Well, I like that they are also different. They very clearly differentiated. Hey, so this digitized vice is hojo.
1: Yeah, and 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 there's actual vice that's hanging out in deep ground. Yes, sitting in his in his do chair. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know and it just being like I and I just I hope that we get more of just vice as a person or at, you know I want to know more about that character and like what what makes you tick what is your deal my guy because we didn't got none of that in, in dirge
0: well vice the character himself might have more lines in intermission than in dirge yeah no for sure well, that's another and, uh, conversation for another day we have <laughs> a few minutes left here, but I think it might be fun. If we could leave off with what our, what the Zach theory, even though we just said not to get oh, too God. wrapped <laughs> up in it, doesn't mean we can't have fun. Well, just what, a
1: real quick, like what is, what is our prevailing theories? What
0: Yes. Yeah. What do you think is going on? If you had to guess right now.
1: All right. I, I believe that there are two timelines and I there there is evidence to to suggest that and also that there is one ultimate timeline but i still think that the grand the grand thing is going to be that zack and cloud that we see at the end of remake him the one that he's carrying back to midgard they exist both because zack still has the buster sword when we see him at the end of intermission so that should mean that cloud still exists so if they can both exist i i I I basically what I'm thinking is that Zach is alive in OG FF7, and that this remake world that we're in—that's the parallel timeline. So when we're seeing everyone else going to Calm, they're in the they're in the deviated timeline, and Zach has been brought alive in
0: the original OG Seven timeline. You know what I mean? I know exactly what you mean. That's a see. That's something I could go for. That's that's an example of the two timeline thing where it could be done because really really well to see if, that the OG uh, like timeline is interacting with this remake timeline. Like right. that could be a lot of fun.
1: Because there was, if you remember, there was that prevailing theory that you know, oh, like remake Arif is the. She at least has the memories of OG Arif, yes. so that at the point of remake happening, that all the stuff in OG FF Seven has already happened, mm-hmm. or at least maybe will happen. Or yeah, if there's multiple timelines, then conceivably they could be running simultaneously, know, parallel to each other. You know right. what I mean? I know. So what mean. that kind of ties back into that theory, which makes it stand a little bit more stronger in my mind, at least. Um, but yeah out of the many we will have a more dedicated theory episode I guess um, kind of going into like and I've definitely I've written down a lot of different theories that i've I've <laughs> written down and crossed out um, but enough for me to still remember what they are <laughs> so we will go through all of uh, my my crazy mental roadmap of all the different
0: <laughs> possibilities that this thing can go but what do you what do you think so if I were to guess and this will be fun because I'm glad that we uh, have um, not, I don't want to say that we disagree, but I like that we both have two different theories that we're kind of leaning on right now. Yeah, I actually think we're still in one timeline.
1: We're in the and ultimate, ev- quote-unquote, timeline. The
0: ultimate timeline, and that Killing the Whispers changed the events of the merged, past. Merged everything together. And, but that our party members haven't really felt those ripple
1: effects yeah, yet. Yeah, because because they didn't go back to Midgar. And the, I, and it's funny because you say that, and I I also like that theory a lot. And, like, I... Those are like the two prevailing theories in my head right now. Is like either there are separate timelines or the timelines merged and Zach Zach is alive. And the reason that he that Aerith is not at the church is because she's with the others going to calm right now.
0: Yeah. And you see, that's actually not what I buy into. Exactly. I actually think that scene with Zach at the church takes place right after he gets back to Midgar. And the reason I think that is because if we remember how remake ended, right? You Mm -hmm. had the whole party, they were moving on, walking their way to Calm. And then it started raining and they came across that scene with Zack and Cloud going back to Midgar after Mm -hmm. that standoff scene in Crisis Core. Mm. So logically, if we pick up right from that moment where they're headed towards Calm and that Zack is headed to... Because they weren't in the same spot at the same time. Right, mm-hmm. The rain the rain yeah, think, symbolically just allowed Aerith and Zack to kind of notice each other. Yeah. But if we pick it up right from there, then that means those epilogue scenes just picked up right where those scenes left off. The crew yeah. is going to calm just like at the end of Remake. Zack went back to Midgard just like at the end of Remake. Mm-hmm. And then here in Intermission, you see Zack go right to the church and you see the mm-hmm. party moving right on to calm. See,
1: see, now I think a lot of what the truth ends up being is dependent on when... This stuff is happening. Yeah. It's all about and, when
0: is Zach at the church.
1: Right. Yeah. Because I feel like that will make or break anything. And just now, as you were saying that, I just am reminded of there's a scene right before we see Zach where it starts raining and as the party is making their way to calm. Yes. And Aerith goes, ah, oh, it's weird. It feels like my stomach's in knots.
0: And, that's probably just because you're hungry.
1: Yeah. That's 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 what Barrett says. But I'm like, I
0: feel like... That no, the mean, rain, That
1: means more the than rain, they're letting on.
0: The rain is. Remember, we 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 talked about this. The rain and like water is a way That's for people to communicate, communicate through the live stream. Mm, you know, so and remember that the church, Aerith's church, is like is like, this, a, like a hub. It's for, like a hub. It's like this method of communication between mm. the real world and the live stream. You especially see it in Advent children.
1: Right, right, right. So that's what so, I think is going on. I yeah, think it's very
0: possible we have those two interacting timelines, or we have this one timeline that's looping back on itself after the mm-hmm. whispers.
1: Yeah, I, 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 think either one is totally viable, and I'm excited for if either one of those end up being true. Uh, I am
0: excited either way. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I look, like we said, just, just finish the job, square. Just yep. you know, fin- You can play all you want. Finish the fight. Just, just finish.
1: <laughs> finish. I'll, be like Hideo Kojima and keep coming, please.
0: <laughs> I think that's a good place to wrap it up.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm overall excited where things are at. I'm I'm confused, but I love it.
0: Um, <laughs> I am pleased that they were able to include Dirge and Deep Ground, and it was still awesome. Like, that yeah. gives me a lot yeah. of hope for the future. It made
1: me feel good, uh, yeah. even though... I feel like uh, since uh, Nero had killed Sonon, I was like, mm, I, you know, I don't like Nero as much because of that. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I, I am I am willing and open to the the future. And uh, yeah, we're you know we're gonna we're gonna go into more detail about certain things and aspects of uh, intermission. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll uh, I guess we'll see y'all next time next time
0: do you want to close uh, it out
1: i I would love to uh Mm -hmm. i will count us down three two one
0: chocobo time